Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another Lockdown Rowing Training mini podcast with me, Rebecca Caro. And Marlene Royal. Now, we're doing these as little extra snippets just to keep us all motivated in these extraordinary times. Um, but let's just kick off by reminding ourselves that we are extremely grateful for all of the sponsors who support Rowing Chats, the podcast network for rowers. Firstly, uh, William Marnie. Dot US. As a man, do you find it hard to get a dress shirt that actually fits your rowing body? Rowing Chat introduces William Marnie, the specialist shirt maker for athletes. You can get started with an exclusive 10% discount coupon, which is Rowing Chat 10, and follow the link from the show notes. Or if you go to rowing.chat forward slash sponsors, You'll see the link to William Marnie, and that's how you get through to their website. We are reliably informed by people who met them at the head of the Charles last fall that the shirts are lovely. Not only are they good quality, they also fit well for people who don't fit a standard shirt size. Now, secondly, we're doing an audience survey right across the Rowing Chat network. And we very much like you guys to help us out by answering our quick survey. This helps us to understand more about you and also a little bit more about what you value about what we're doing. So no matter if you've been a listener since the very beginning or this is the very first time you're joining us, welcome. Please take a few minutes, go to the website rowing.chat forward slash listener hyphen survey or just scroll to the bottom of the home page and you'll see a listener survey picture banner uh, click on that get a nice glass of something you like and we really appreciate you taking the time to help us out with this now back to the show how's your week been marlene um, pretty busy, as we as we were talking about last week. Um, since so many people are training at home, um, I would say online, um, lots of discussions going on, lots of questions, a lot of exchanges with athletes um, because people are ho home more than usual. But um, but overall, good. You know, I I think the the masters I've been talking to are. Uh, super positive and pretty motivated and everybody seems to be really glad that they're training and training and staying on schedules is actually making people feel a whole lot better at home and uh, giving their day some structure. So, you know, I think so far people have been doing really well. And um, I do know that depending where you live, people are craving to get outside. So I know we had a really nice sunny day today and I actually got out on my bike for the first time this spring, and it just felt great just to be outside for a while. Um, so, you know, so far, so good. We're, we're getting through it.
I'm not sure if we have a break in the signal here, but are you able to hear me, Rebecca? Did I lose you? Are you there? Can you hear me, Rebecca? Are you there? Are you there? Oh, and everything. <laughs> Wait a minute. Can you hear me? That was really weird. That was, My internet had went down completely. Yeah, I know. Everything fro everything froze. <laughs> yeah, and I can't even get back onto StreamYard. Oh. So, Do you want us? It's, um, it's still recording. Why don't you stop it and then we can always... I can't. I can't get onto it. Oh. Okay. Okay. Right. Let me try it again. That was weird. Yeah, I know. Everything, everything stopped and I realized you weren't there. <laughs> Okay, now I can see you. Hi, everybody. Sorry about the interruption. Hang on a second. Wait. Ah. There. Are you there now? I'm here. That was so weird. That was really Well, strange. I think it was my local internet that went down, so for which apologies, everybody, and uh, thank you to the people who loyally stuck with us. We're going to carry on as if nothing happened. <laughs> Carry on regardless. Hi, Tara. Thank you for your message that Rebecca is gone. Um, <laughs> we had about three minutes there of, where are you, oh. Rebecca? Do, 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 do. <laughs> anyway, one of the things that has been happening to me this week is I've had a lot of fun following a friend of mine on Facebook who has been going back through his photographic archive and uploading these wonderful old photographs of him and his friends and people he used to coach and athletes he rode with. And some of the discussions and the reminiscences have been absolutely delightful. So if anyone's looking for a little mini project to do during the lockdown, 
go scan your old photographs, digitize them and and share them with the group. In fact, maybe we should start a thread on uh, Masters Rowing International of people scanning photos of themselves from the past. That would be really fun. I'm actually reading The Kiwi Pear this week. That's my book this week. I've enjoyed that book in the past. It's a good, yes. it's a good read. Yes, and that's, by the way, I was thinking um, they write so much about training and how intense their training was. And like, if you need motiv if you need motivation, if you're thinking of slacking off right now, like read the Kiwi Pear. You will never slack off ever, ever again <laughs> if you read this book. <laughs> What's so interesting is that part of the story that they tell is that their first Olympic medal, which they won under coach Dick Tonks, uh, they were fitter than they'd ever been before. He's you know, Miles is definitely part of his training program. And yet what was so interesting was that then in their second Olympiad together, they felt they had a better coach relationship, but actually they never went as fast. Now, I've got a blog post in draft of the best rowing books, which I'll publish later on this week. Um, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. Um, and uh, hey, Tara, thank you for your message. Yep, back in the room. Appreciate you sticking with us and Rebecca all the other people <laughs> watching. Guys, if you're watching and want to put a comment in, please put your name in the comments so we know who you are. And or if you have questions. Now, we did a um, session a week ago. And as a result of that, we got a great question in. Marlene, who is this who sent this question? Gavin Kerr, a rower from the Philadelphia area, asked us a question about how would you recommend adjusting your training schedule for living in quarantine and also for a competitive season that is likely going to happen quite late in the season later than usual, I would say, um, thinking of, of sprints. And um, I think the main difference right now is, is basically you can spend another month on your, your solid base preparation. So if, you're, if you would typically start your 1K races in May, this is for a North American schedule, in May or June, Right now, uh, looking at the, the schedules, uh, for example, on Regatta Central, I was looking this morning, and there's a number of May regattas that are canceled. Not all May regattas are canceled. Um, there are some in June canceled. Not all of them are in June are canceled. There may be organizations right now who are waiting to see um, how the situation develops and will reassess, for example, at the end of April. Um, a lot of people seem to be doing that. However, if you're missing your June races, I would still continue to look towards your July races, certainly your late July races and your August races. So right now, instead of maybe starting longer interval work in April, I think you can perhaps delay that until May and do a little bit more base training, but I would still start to mix in a little bit of speed work just so you're kind of you're staying in touch with um, starting to build up a little bit of intensity but uh, but I would use the extra time for um, 
more volume right now. And uh, if you're living in quarantine, um, maybe you can get out on the bike. A lot of people are doing that right now. They want to get outside. They, you may or may not be able to row, depending on your situation at the club. Um, things you can do at home, you know, circuits you can do at home. A lot of body weight circuits. If you don't have a home gym, as we talked about in our last session, um, but I'm personally staying pretty optimistic about the later part of the season, and um, I think you should should aim as much as possible to stay on track. I think if you're aiming for a fall event, I don't think you really have to do anything different right now than you would normally do at this time of year, so I would just stay on track. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely echo what Marlene's saying. For myself, um, with some of our friends, we've done exactly that. We've gone back to the base winter training. We're now obviously into the second week of it. Um, one of the things that we noticed, obviously, we've done the this training weeks before, obviously, a couple of months ago. And when we were training on the water, we're often time pressured. And so the program would say do between three and four or between, you know, four and six of these repeats. What we now have, because we don't have to travel to the rowing lake, we've now got more time. And so we're trying very hard to be diligent and to do the full maximal training that the program recommends. So Sunday, we were doing 15 minute pieces at 18, four of them with one minute rest in between. And we all felt it hugely physically on ourselves. <laughs> had some very amusing text messages about, oh my golly, my legs are so killing me, um, and so on. But actually, we decided that we're going to do our best to be as diligent as we can, and if possible, to do the full training while recognizing that our performance will be not perhaps as good as it might have been. We're, we're now, of course, in the second week repeat because week one repeats to week two um and it's good because actually this morning we did some low rate firm pressure pieces it's one minute on one minute off at rate 16 for eight minutes and then a rest and we can already see progress and that's nice well and i think i think the important thing is with with the volume training the low intensity volume training, it is the volume that it's important. It's the amount of time. So this is the type of training where you want to expose yourself to more training for a longer period of time. That's where you get the adaptation. It is not about intensity. This is not about intensity because what you wanna do is you wanna change your muscles at the cellular level. You want to increase your capillary density. And if people, um, one image I like is if you have a, a sponge and you're growing alfalfa sprouts in this sponge, right? Pretend these are your, your, your blood capillaries going into your muscle cells. In order to recover better, you need more of them. You need, you need a higher density of, of capillaries to bring blood flow and oxygen into the muscles and to take metabolic waste products away. You need the low intensity training is the stimulus for your muscles 
And your muscles are saying, okay, give me more oxygen, give me more oxygen, give me more oxygen. And yeah. it's, it's not about speed. This is not when you want to go fast. It's not the purpose of this training. If you go fast, you miss this adaptation. So, so that's, that's the whole point is duration. Your muscles are saying, give me more oxygen. To get more oxygen, your muscles, you grow, literally you grow more blood capillaries. So you grow more, you get more alfalfa sprouts per square centimeter, okay? And that's what gives you the ability to recover better later on when you get into your high intensity workouts. So I can't stress enough, this is the number one mistake that masters make in training is they do their low intensity too hard and they don't know, do enough of it. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's a very, very, so this is your time. Get out on the bike for two hours, you know, get in your long rows. Maybe you do 40 minutes on the erg and then you go get on your bike for an hour. You know, you can, you wow. can, this is where your cross training fits in really, really, really well. So, um, you know, that's my, that's my beef <laughs> for I was today. I would reflect back on that and say, like Dick Tonks, that Marlene Royal, she's a tough trainer. <laughs> long, long, long duration, long duration. And then someone will say, oh, but it's so boring. It is not boring. It's that there's so many things to think about in, in your technique and what you're doing and what's going on. And, you know, I, if, you're, if you're thinking about what you're having for breakfast, maybe you have to reassess what you're doing. No, and great doing podcasts you can listen to if yes. that's your thing. That's what I do. I put on, I put Rebecca on my earphones and I listen to one of the other rowing chat networks or, um, you know, that, that's, that's my erg time. Yeah. Now a reminder for people who might want to try Marlene's program for the first time, there is two available um, on the website link that's showing at the moment, um, which is a COVID-19 program that uh, Marlene and I have written there is one which is a free version, which you're very welcome to sign up and get. Please note, total disclosure here, you're joining our mailing list for fastermastersrowing.com if you sign up for that. Of course, you can unsubscribe. And the other is a paid one, which has got a lot more in it than just a training program. It's um, It's got a lot more density and detail and um, a few other articles, which give you a flavor of the sort of thing that you could get if you were one of the Faster Masters subscription program members. So a little advert for that. We run a series of training programs which people pay for and buy each month. There's one for individuals, one for crews, and one for clubs. And it is a detailed program designed for masters. It has six modules. There is a training program, a land training program. There is a technique part. There is a performance part. There is another one called rowing lifestyle and a bonus each month. So take a look at that if you're of interest. Um, and please, I'll put the link also in the show notes because it's a little bit of a long one um, so that you can go get that for yourself. And please feel free to share it with your friends. So, you know, if you get the free one, it's, it's for everyone. Now, last time we were on air together, we got a lovely question from a listener who basically said, I have a good home gym set up. And as the ice leaves the local lakes, which obviously reflects that she's in the uh, north of the US or Canada, we give some time for warmer temperatures. What's your opinion about car topping a single skull to launch at a public access shoreline? The lake is three minutes from my house. 
What do you reckon, Molly? Well, I'm all for it as long as it's safe. I would say this is a definitely, I mean, getting on the water, absolutely. Um, I would I would encourage it. Um, I think, again, I think the main concerns are safety concerns that one, somebody knows that knows you're out there and when you're out there that the water conditions are all right, that you're meeting the standards of whatever, uh, whether, whether it's rowing Canada or US rowing, that you're meeting the standards of the safe water and air temperature combination. Um, have a PFD with you if you're by yourself. Um, in, I know in, in Canada, we have to row, if we're rowing by ourselves, we have to have a PFD in the boat. Um, in our PFD, PFD that you can buy. Um, one thing I would um, highly not recommend, <laughs> um, last summer, I, I had a, a PFD because when, on my lake, we have to carry a PFD if we're rowing by ourselves. So I had this inflatable PFD that I had stuffed behind my, my foot stretchers. And I have, um, I row a Van Dusen single and I have a carbon wing. It started raining. The rain um, hit the PFD and the water set it off and it started, it started to inflate. Uh, this, it sounds funny, but it's, I was going in between lessons to put dry clothes on and it started inflating and all, and I could not pull it out from behind the foot stretcher. So all of a sudden my rigging bolts start cracking. The whole hull starts cracking because this thing is, is pressure. it's a pressure and it's under my foot stretchers under my wing. And I was like, I can't even believe I'm seeing this happening. And my, my friend was standing right. We were at a Marina. My friend was standing right there. And, and I said, David, do you have a pocket knife? And he's a sailor. He had a pocket knife and I, I, I punctured it. it with a pocket knife and the pressure went down. And I mean, fortunately it didn't rip the whole, a whole uh, yeah. rigging structure out of my boat. So if you get an inflatable PFD, please make sure that you know that it, it's what type it is and if you can wear it, but do not do that. So for our friend going to the lake, um, another thing that I, I'm a, a proponent of and um, is if you're rowing a racing single, obviously on cold water, one of the highest risk factors is that you fall in. And now what could cause you to fall in? It could be your fault. You could break an oarlock. If you break an oarlock, you're going in and there's, and you're probably gonna have a very hard time getting back to the shore. So um, again, cold water conditions, cold water rules. However, there's another thing. If you have a recreational boat, that's a wider boat. You could go out in mm -hmm. that, you've got more stability. I would also, um, I would recommend if you if you're rowing by yourself in cold water, get a set of pontoons and put and, you know, you can put the brackets on your riggers and you can pop those pontoons on. And now your boat is a really stable boat. And when I row yeah. by, I mean, I have my racing single, but I've got pontoons that I can that I can stick on my riggers in two seconds. And if I'm out rowing on my lake by myself, because I row on quite a big lake, my husband is much happier if, if I have them. You can set them up so they don't even touch the water or mm. if your conditions change. But for cold water rowing, for people who live in colder climates, it can you can row well into November and you mm. can get on the water now when the, wa when the water is cold 
and you just have something that's going to make sure that you're not going to flip. So they don't even right. have to touch the water. You can put them up above the water or if your conditions change suddenly. But, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars investment for basically getting a, a second boat that you can row in just about any conditions. So um, that's, I mean, that's something that I think as we uh, get older <laughs> and as we change and as we perhaps row by ourselves, um, I think I think that's something that you can still enjoy your performance boat and have that safety feature on there when you're out rowing, for example, in this type of situation. So I think it's something to consider, and we won't we won't think of you as a nerd if you do that. Um, but it's it's very safe. It's very safe if you row alone and you're rowing in cold water, and you still want to row your racing boat. You can have the benefit of your racing boat, but you know you're not going to flip. And I think that's the that's the most important thing. And a final point from me, please check what your local lockdown rules are. They are different in different places. We heard anecdotally mm -hmm. locally that our local kayak club, which happens to be next door to the rowing club, got a visit from the police because the police people had reported people paddling on the lake. It's not oh, clear whether okay. they're paddling mm -hmm. from the club because actually the lake has a public boating ramp. So please be safe. Obey the rules and, you know, fingers crossed, we'll all be back on the water reasonably soon. Yes. Now, on the screen, we have a question from someone who's watching on Facebook. Please tell us your name. Um, it's around training zones. And they say, I have a lot of younger athletes doing base work on the ergs who have trouble keeping their heart rates in the aerobic zone while pushing very light splits. They set a drag of 85. And the question is, is it preferable they stay where they are or back off even more? Marlene, do you have a view on this? I know I'm, just, I do. I'm, I'm trying just to understand the question a little more clearly. So they're clearly using heart rate zones mm. to determine what splits the athletes should be rowing to. Well, I'll put in my, my two cents, and then you can put in your two cents as well. Um, I personally do not, in, in my training and work with athletes, I do not use heart rate as a measure of intensity on the ERG. Um, I prefer to use performance paces, which are based on a 20-minute test. And the, the reasons for that is that heart rate intensity can vary a lot. It can, it can change. If you're training indoors without good ventilation, your heart rates are going to be considerably higher. Um, and so there's, unless, unless you are testing your kids with a, a, lact, a blood lactate test and correlating that to their heart rate zones, it's very, it's very difficult to stay in an effective zone or to know what that effective zone is. Um, and if they're doing aerobic work, that's supposed to be um, aerobic work or aerobic <laughs> work. That means if that means they should be able to talk. So if they can't talk, if it's not conversational, if they cannot sing, they're essentially they're rowing too hard for that level of workout for what you want to get. Remember, we're trying to grow alfalfa sprouts and blood capillaries. You're not going to do that if their heart rates are, are way, way, way up. You're in a completely different zone. So, yeah, um, you know, you might you could, you, you know, just lower their stroke rate, maybe raise their drag a little bit, maybe just get them to 
back off, like separate them so they're not racing with each other? Or I don't know. What do you think, Rebecca? <laughs> um, I, the, so the question came from Craig Smith in Melbourne. Hey, Craig, nice to see you online again. You're one of our most loyal listeners. Um, I fully support what Marlene says. There is something called heart rate drift that is known to happen, even with very trained athletes, particularly with very trained athletes. And mm -hmm. I think when you're working with younger people in rowing, there are two main considerations. One is it needs to stay fun. And the other is you do need to help them build the aerobic base and to understand the need and the skill to deliver consistent strokes over quite long periods of time. So, you know, focus and attention is quite an issue. My instinct is to, into your program, find a way of doing some simple testing so that if you want to set training zones, you can done on the basis of their performance over a 20 minute piece and you can then net it back percentage-wise. Contact us offline if you want to know how. If you're on the Faster Masters program, it's one of the um, uh, always-on articles inside our subscription program that explains how to set these training zones. The other thing is you could make it fun. I like Marlene's suggestion about you should be able to talk. So maybe you have them row. They're rowing a 20- or 30-minute piece. Every five minutes you ask them a question and they all have to shout out an answer. I vividly remember an anecdote told me by a lady called Eleanor Zaremba, who I rode with a long time ago. And one of her um, high school training partners was a woman who went on to become a very successful member of the British lightweight rowing squad called Jane Hall. And Eleanor said, I knew Jane was on her way to a higher achievement in rowing than I ever did. When we did a test, and at the end of the test, I forget what it was, they all had to shout something out to demonstrate that they still had, you know, breath to speak. And obviously the coach could then judge how breathless they were and how hard they pushed themselves. And apparently Jane put the erg handle down and said, my name is Jane Hall and I'm going to be a world rowing champion. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go so Craig I think um try and move away from the heart rate thing um and turn it more into fun engagement give the kids something to think about so the next five minutes you know you have them row on maybe at four minutes you say the question I'm going to ask you is this you know and it could be what's the third color in the rainbow and you then give them a minute to think about it and you can count them into it. You say, right, you ready with your answer? 10, nine, count them down. And then they all shout it out. And frankly, it doesn't matter what the answer is. It's just a bit of fun. Um, you know, you could have them shout out who's their favorite Australian rowing champion. You know, who, who's, which, which boat class do they like the most? It doesn't really matter. It just becomes fun and it gives them a focus. And obviously, it helps pass each five-minute training block um, in in good order. The other the other thing too is you can have them do drills, insert pause drills. When you insert a pause drill, it's going to drop the heart rate a little bit. So that's another way, technically, that you can kind of you can you can you know control the intensity. Oh, okay, now we're going to do pause drills. Now we're going to do double pause drills. 
you know, that, that one 1,000, two 1,000 row is going to be enough to bring the heart rate down so that it doesn't start to creep up. So you could, you could do a combination, pause drills, and have them sing the national anthem, something like that. So, you know. <laughs> So, Craig, as, as, a, as a proud Kiwi working in Australia, how good are you at the words to advance Australia fair? Don't answer that. <laughs> now, since we've gotten on to the question of training children, and we're very happy, obviously, to answer questions about kids, uh, we got contacted this week by coach Neil Bergenroth. And Neil has put up a really good article called Resources for Kids at Home. As you probably are aware, a lot of people have their own, um, uh, you know, concept to or other ergo at home. So I'm just sharing my screen now, showing Neil's website, which is coachbergenroth.com. And on there, there is a blog post called Concept to Rowing Idea Activities for Kids at Home. And Neil has added in a couple of things that he suggests which if you have um, an iOS device, he's 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 put a couple of apps in. So he's done chemistry classes online in response to the COVID nineteen outbreak, and he it's called the rowing STEM curriculum, which sounds hilarious. Personally, I'm not very good at chemistry, but here are some of the activities that he's put together. How much can you power the activity? What are your watts? What's your pace? Could you power a fridge freezer? He also has things about distance versus time graphs. Um, and another one playing rowing golf, which is certainly a, a game that I've played where you have to row a certain distance in the fewest strokes. Now, he says in the shortest period of time, I do it differently. I do it in the fewest number of strokes. Um, and then he has for the older athletes, a lab for learning about force curves, which again, very, very nice tools. So I uh, will put the link to that in the show notes. And Neil, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I think that will be a ton of fun for parents who maybe now are into week two. Yeah, week those three. are great, great ideas. Our final reminder, if you want motivation, and I think sharing your training is a good motivator because it keeps you honest, um, we have a Facebook group, which is the Faster Masters Training Group. Um, the link is then on the screen right now. Uh, you're very welcome to join. It's free for everybody. And it's really a group that's only about discussing training. Um, there are other places where we can discuss other things. Um, and there's a very nice resource that's been put in there um, just two days ago um, by somebody with a whole load of free webinars that British Rowing are running as part of their lockdown activities. A final reminder that the best rowing books blog will be published later this week when I get my A into G. Um, and if you have any questions for next week, when Marlene and I will do this again, the week four, um, please just either email them to us um, or put them onto the Facebook page and uh, we'll do our best to answer them. Any final thoughts, Marlene? I'm happily uh, waiting for my lake to thaw and I think tomorrow it will be ready. Oh. But it's still cold. Yeah, now all our ice is out, but it's still cold. But you know, I'm, I'm, I'll rev up the, the, the wide recreational boat first. That'll be the first month's boat, I think. <laughs> but you it think may be soon. Like, 
What? Do you think of it as like an icebreaker? Does it like crush through the little fine crackly ice? It could. It could. I have rode up on ice. As a matter of fact, if anyone knows where the MIT bridge is in Boston in the basin, I did one December row under the MIT bridge going towards the science museum and there was ice and I went in my boat right up onto the ice. So those are my two of my stories today. You got my, my inflatable PDF story and you got my going up on the ice story, both in the same boat, by the way. Um, so <laughs> so you know. anyway. Everybody keep your spirits up and get outside and, you know, just, just, you know, when you wake up in the morning, move and you're going to feel better and, um, you know, enjoy having a little extra time maybe to do certain things that you don't always have time to do and uh, just keep on keeping on, I guess. Sounds good to me. Till next time, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>